Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship in dialogue with the world as disciples of the Word. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple podcast. My name is James Johnson and I'm here with my co-host. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, it is raining and cold outside. Nah, it's warm and sunny. But here inside the studio. In your heart. Slash because in- you have Jesus. <laughs> That's true. Well done. Well played. You're Thank welcome. You. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Uh, here in the studio slash my office, we have a special guest today. Uh, Ken, Our introduce f- yourself. Oh, great. It's good to be with you, James and Elizabeth. Um, My name is Ken Snell. I've been at Northside just a few weeks, actually. (laughs) It's Uh, been a few months now. It's been a little over three months. Um, You know, I I followed Nick Houston, which is not easy to do, I've learned. Yeah, I know, because he's short, and you lose him in a crowd real easy if you're following him, you know? (laughs) Shout out, Nick. I hope you're listening. Uh, <laughs> but it's good to be here. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be at Northside in the role of executive director. And wow. Just, and from what uh, I understand, this is the first time you've ever worked at a church. Well, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> Why don't you give us a Maybe little bit? Maybe the first time I've ever worked at a Methodist church. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Well done. Well played. Uh, why don't you give us a little background about where you came from and where you, where you headed? <laughs> yeah. You, talk to us I, a little bit you about You know, I listened to Angela's podcast. I'm going to be, I, my goal is to be more brief than she was. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want all the words. We, we want, want, we want the, the vision, Ken. <laughs> yes. Yeah, indeed. you don't need my whole life story. <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, so I grew up in a pretty conservative um, Christian home. My father was a... A school teacher, a principal, school principal. He was actually a school principal where I went there, to school. Like, that is the worst. School principals was, in my memory of school. Uh, that was were hard. Just terrible. Man. That was hard. Like you, I had, you had your principal at home I, and <laughs> in school. Yeah, and I got in trouble at school. It, it doubled <laughs> it up at home. You know? Wow. Uh, <laughs> Detention but, and grounded. Yeah. Uh, so my parents were, you know, very faithful. Took me to church all the time. Uh, but I was from a big family, so I'm one of 10 children. Wow. Wow. Born, born to my mother and father. Where, and, uh, where, yeah. where, where'd you fall in the pecking order? I was there? number eight number out eight. of 10. So you're the so I, have, the baby. I have six older sisters, hey. older brother, two younger brothers. Uh, so growing up in, you know, kind of a preacher household. Yeah. Um, went to a lot of those revivals, you know. Mm. Yeah. Uh, with my dad and that kind of thing growing up. Um, you know, went to school, went to college at Lipscomb University in okay. Nashville. Okay. Um, oh, James was born in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah? yeah I was. There's a connection. Ding, yeah. Ding. I was born in Baptist Hospital on March 3rd, nineteen. Yeah, and you lived in Nashville. What part of Nashville did you live in? Oh, that's a great question. I moved when I was five, so okay. I don't have a great deal of memory. I remember there was a Kroger's and a Crystal really close by. There's probably only one in Nashville. <laughs> no, so, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> uh, There's a Crystal's. He'll remember where it is. <laughs> I lived not far from Opryland. I remember because okay. we used to okay. go there all the time. So Probably the east side of Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, went to Lipscomb University. Um, you know, I had sort of a crisis of faith there, probably. I, you know, I always thought I wanted to go to medical school. Yeah. And, 
you know, goes somewhere in the world. I had a, an older sister, my sister Joan. She and her husband went to Nigeria. Oh wow! And were missionaries. missionaries you yeah. Know, worked at a at a school there, and she would write these. Uh, remember those old blue uh, aerograms? Yeah. That that you could write and fold uh-huh, up and uh-huh. mail, yeah. and it would take months to get uh-huh, here on uh-huh. a boat from. Well, she would send those aerograms. So as a as a young person, I would read those stories of people she met, and oh, wow. I just thought that's that inspired was, you, huh? Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. So I always thought I'll do medical missions. That's what I'll do. I'd okay. love to go somewhere in oh, the world. Oh, cool. Uh, college didn't get into medical school. Mm. You know, I know I've heard some of your school uh, exploits <laughs> yeah, as well, indeed. James. <laughs> <laughs> what did you study in school? I, I have a major in undergraduate school in chemistry and a, essentially a minor in Bible and theology. Oh, awesome. What a great combination. Is, yeah. So it's a lot of science, but yeah. also, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, that alone yeah. sounds like it would lead to a crisis of faith, pitting those two things together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of course, you know, we're, I'm at a Christian college. So, okay. You know, oh, okay. Right, okay. Right. Right. You know, even if you study science, they're, you know, <laughs> okay. putting right. God in there. And here is how Jesus knit together the DNA. <laughs> right kind uh, of thing. You know, that's Psalm 139. Yeah, yeah. exactly, right? Um, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go to graduate school for a year and then make an, another application. Um, went to graduate school, University of Tennessee, um, in actually in chemistry, okay. and was a teaching assistant in the chemistry department. So Excellent. I... I taught freshman chemistry. Does that make you a Vols fan? I am a Vols fan. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. If I have to edit that out. Uh. You know, I did grow up in Alabama, but, you know, I was converted. So. <laughs> From Alabama to Vols. There's a lot of people in this church probably don't need to know that, kid. <laughs> uh, you know, I was always for the underdog, so that's right. why I was a Vols fan. Just not the bulldog. Know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although they've been the underdogs most of my life. Yeah, but, um, you know, while I was there, I kind of threw myself into uh, a Christian group on campus. That okay. was, you know, I thought, you know, I'm I'm a little lost here. Yeah. At least I can just go and volunteer. So I did that. Sure. And that, you know, set me on a trajectory, I think, with God to rewrite my story. And yeah. I ended up... Um, being the campus minister at that campus ministry. Wow, okay. Tennessee. That's a leap. I love it. Um, <laughs> and then found, met my wife there. We married there. Uh, then it was like college ministry, and I thought, wow, it's it's hard when you're going to have kids. So it child on the way. So I actually went to work for one of my supporting churches as uh, a youth minister. Okay. And did that for a while. Then... Eventually moved to Atlanta, uh, was hired by a church in, in, in Dunwoody, okay. uh, North Atlanta Church of Christ, and came there. I spent a lot of years there. I yeah. was the worship minister, was the kind of associate minister there. Kind uh-huh. of. And, um, is that a Church of Christ? It is Church of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, you know, a church that reaches out to people with uh, drug and alcohol recovery, has a lot of you know, mission. Uh, I helped start a a nonprofit church called Love First Church in yeah. Ontario, Canada, which Whoa, is wow. a, which is a 
has a you know a church leader there now that awesome. we put there. Uh, yes, Canada needs Jesus too. I mean, that's you know, there's a lot of secular kind of um, weight to culture sometimes. Yeah, and, yeah absolutely. And so just trying to reach out and kind of almost like micro churches planting churches in southwestern Ontario. So okay. So I did a number of things like that and uh, kind of felt like it was, you know, COVID hit. It's mm. time to do something different. For the last eight years, I've been doing um, kind of administrative, executive minister yeah, yeah. role. So mm-hmm. just decided to move into that role instead of the kind of clergy role. So okay. that's how I ended up at Northside. And that's how you're here at Northside. Yeah. Where you serve as the executive director. Um, what how have you has your feel of Northside so far? You've been here for a little over three months. You said what? Uh, how you liking it? Yeah, I I like it. Great people. Um, you know, great. There's like this education kind of uh, discipleship. You know, director who's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he's all right. I, I like him pretty well. <laughs> uh, very, it's our weakest program here in Northside. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very creative. Um, Kind, um, you know, driven to serve kind of people, I yeah, think. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think it is, you know, it's hard to know what church is going to be in the future, isn't it? It is, absolutely. After what we've been through. That is um, true. It's just hard to know what that's going to look like. Yeah. And, you know, but I think it ultimately is going to be about relationships and um, so... Yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's uh, it's been a learning curve, Good. you know, trying to understand all the finances. And, <laughs> uh, but it's been really good. Okay. Enjoyed it. Excellent. So as you um as and then Elizabeth, you can get on this too. But um as you Elizabeth and I have been here for um almost little, nine almost years. Almost nine years. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, you you, you just hit your yeah. eight. I'm gonna hit nine in February. So we've been here for a little bit. I've been here just a little bit, and you're coming in now with um, a fresh kind of perspective on Northside Church, uh, and in a, in, a, in a critical role for the church. I'm wondering if you have, um, if you have any, if you've sat down and thought about like any kind of hopes and dreams or vision that you have for your mm-hmm. for your role at the church, but not beyond that, just for the church itself. I mean, as I don't know if you've you've been here long enough to kind of have a overall vision for Northside, but your own personal involvement and and your investment that you're putting into Northside. What do you what do you hope to see come from that? It's a great great question. Um, you know, uh, someone asked me the other day, "Oh, what do you miss from your last, you know, yeah, church? You know, because you've been here a short time." And uh, the you're good. I was hoping the irony sure. is, I don't. It's not that I miss something. I miss people. I, you know, love love the people I'm with. But to me, I think it is just um, my, uh, you know, my vision is to do a good job, you know, to honor the um, uniqueness of every individual person to, uh, you know, I think sometimes we get, caught up in sort of a stream that doesn't allow us to live into our full potential. Yeah. And so as an executive director, you, you really want to 
you know, we we did this great thing on, you know, with our, our staff here of finding our strengths, you know. And it, that's helpful, you know. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it's easy to walk away from that and not live into it. Right, so I'm just right. saying uh, my vision for this church is to be a place where people can grow into who God created them to be. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to always be a market, if you will, for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. where can I live into my God-given direction and gifts? Yeah. And, um, you know, I think I think the church is going through a hard time right now. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking yeah, about church the church in general, in yeah. mm-hmm. general uh, because... Uh, who who knows what what it looks like when everybody can join online? You know, right? You know, well, yeah. how, do, how do you make that transition? And but we're still having you know, that that um, that new pathway <laughs> has opened up for us here right. at Northside because we have, I think, ha- almost half of our Sunday morning worshipers are still joining online. Um, and, and when people are coming back to the building, and it's been great, particularly for All Saints Sunday, we had a huge that amount of people. Really right. cool. That was. But we also still have. Hundreds of people getting on in in uh, online, which right. you know, in the world that we live in, um, sure. Even post pandemic, you know, we this is a service and a, and a ministry that we've opened up, and you can't just pull that back, right? Even though it, right. I, th- I think it does make uh, I think it does make our clergy a little uh, anxious, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it it's it's disequilibrium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm. know, I I I don't remember who used the analogy of a a trapeze artist who, you know, is swinging out, swinging and letting go and hasn't been caught yet, you know, and you're you're kind of in that (laughs) in between, what is it going to look like when we land, you know, and I think that's, that's natural to feel that way, you know, when you're going through transitions. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, we were talking about our strengths and that was one thing that I um, really appreciated. You know, we we have all of our clergy sitting at the, uh, the executing table, right? And right. then and then you were over at the relationship building table. And I think that's a huge gift that you have brought to our staff. Um, you know, Nick, we love you, but he also sat at the executive functioning table, I'm pretty sure. And so, you know, it's cool, it's cool to mix it up a little bit. Um, but you 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 have a very strong uh, pull towards relationships. I've noticed that about right. you. And I think that's a that's really, really cool and really important for our, our mix of strengths here. As someone who kind of sees, looks through that lens, and we're talking about, a, you know, the church being in the space mm-hmm. where we are more disconnected and we are, you know, right. we're trying to figure out what this yeah. online thinks online thing looks like. Where, where do you think that, where do you think the church could end up? And not, not just like our church, but, you know, the church in general, you know, what, what do you think that that looks like in the next, you know, five, 10 years for the community of disciples? Yeah, I think one of the things that will happen is people will uh, forge relationships. Uh, the church, I think, will grow because it gets smaller, because it gets more identified in small connections, but, but it's still connected to the church, you know. Okay, I think, yeah. I think, I think um, you know, we... We have a hard time gathering a lot of people together for a big event. Mm-hmm. So we've got to think about how do we help people stay connected and they know they belong even if they're not, you know, at the football game, you know, right. with 100,000 people, you know, that 
you know, you have a lot of fans that are still connected to the Vols. I'll mm-hmm. go back to my. Yeah, that's good. Go now and do like that. See, I brought that back in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I haven't been to a game in years, right? But I, but that, you're still you connected. Know, yeah. yeah, I'm so connected. I feel, you know, I watch what they do. I, you know, and I think that a lot of people will connect to church that way. And and I have a few friends who are also Vols fans, so I talk to them about it. Yeah. 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 And, and we have this kind of connection yeah the spirit that connects you the spirit of right. fandom and right? i think churches is like that it's really i met a lady in um you know i ran out and got a sandwich at chick-fil-a it's what a good well christian should great do. place well done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i met a lady in in church that i mean in uh, chick-fil-a and she said you know, I just said hello, and I'd forgotten to take my name tag off. It's like, oh, rats. <laughs> but Here it you struck, are. It struck up a conversation, and she had come from her volunteer job at another church, but it was a Methodist church, yeah. and so she was telling me her whole history, wow. you know, and I was one week on the job. Here, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know... And I just thought she feels connected to me just because I had that name tag right, on. Right. Yeah. She doesn't know me, she, right. but she she's waiting in line mm-hmm. and waiting for her food, and she connected with me. Yeah. And then as we started talking, she said, "Yeah, my husband. I'm getting lunch to take home to my husband because he's sick and he has some memory issues and things yeah. like that. I really can't leave him very long. You know, she yeah. started telling me her whole oh, story. Right. She there. opened up to you. And yeah. I thought, here we are connected simply because I had the name tag on. Right. You know, which I... And she saw yeah. you as a, as a fellow Methodist, fellow Christian. Yeah. Right. And I, I think it will be about driving into those connections. Yeah. That's know. really cool. I was... Um, listening to a panel um it's a series called god god talk that the um smithsonian um, african-american museum of culture puts on and it was it happened here in atlanta and so it was just a panel of pastors and you know church leaders and i think that the framework was talking about um how millennials you know are kind of uh, you know, it, how their relationship with the church is changing and you know what does faith look like for this upcoming generation and um you know, someone talked about, one of the pastors was talking about the importance of these small connections. You know, mm-hmm. I get a lot of millennials that are, you know, maybe they don't go to church, they're going to brunch because they're finding those, you know, the church is not answering the questions that they want answered, but they're finding those connections just like you're talking about in those small spaces. Mm-hmm. So it's a hiking group, it's brunch, right. it's, you know, these places where they're finding sure. like-minded people where they can have these conversations and feel safe. And the um, the the guy who was leading the panel said to the, 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 the pastor, so, well, you know, doesn't, you know, small groups like that, doesn't, doesn't that put you out of business? You know, you have kind of a big church. And uh, I loved his response. He said, you know, um, that's, you know, if that's what we're worried about, we're doing something wrong because mm. that's what God, that's how God intended for it to be. Mm. And, you know, it, we need to respond faithfully to that. And that's what the church needs to be. And, yeah. you know, to heck if it puts us out of business, you know, like this, is this is, this is what the church should look like. Um, it's not about business. It's about building relationships. Sure. Yeah. Not that no, wasn't a word good. for word, but that was you know the essential kinda, framework of what he said. Kind of hard really for an cool. executive director to hear that, but, right? You know. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, the other that, yeah. That's, that's but I one think, of... um, yeah, I think that's you, know, you think about all the rise of like uh, groups uh, like Etsy, mm-hmm. uh, the big. Uh-huh. You know, it's a it's about a lot of people selling a lot of things. You know, to a 
big, huge group of people, you know, who are investing in finding in and selecting. And, yeah. you know, I think about the proliferation of those kinds of, um, you know, those kinds of buying opportunities. Yeah. But yeah. Really the church becomes like an Etsy shop. If you're right. <laughs> you know, well, that, we love, we love uh, capitalist metaphors here on the dialogue. <laughs> like podcast. Uh, <laughs> but no, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Um, I think, uh, I think, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> well, I, I think it's about adapting, right? It's, you know, what, how can the church be in that space and serve that need? If that's what, you know, if that's how people, you know, if that's what they're asking for, if that's what they need, how do we serve that? Mm, right. um, how do we adapt? Well, and, and Ken, you said that it can be hard for uh, someone in your position to hear something like that, uh, that the small groups and the, and, and the what happens if we put the church out of business by being faithful to Jesus. Uh, I think clergy worry about that, too. I think people in power uh, particularly worry about, uh, not because they worry about necessarily losing power, although I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um but usually, if you get to a place where you're, you have some, uh, some level of power in the church, um, it's because the system that you rose to power in, and you think that that works, right? That, that's, a way right. Of, that's the way it's supposed to work. And so when someone comes along and challenges that uh, or, or offers a different version, which right. may or may not uh, decrease your power, your initial response is to be like, well, that's not how it's, you know, that's not what we've done. That's not what worked for me. Uh, and I don't really like that idea. Uh, you see that in Jesus, right? Defense, you see that even resistant. Yeah, you know, right, exactly. Yeah. Right. But you see that with Jesus, uh, when Jesus shows up and says exactly what you said, Ken, that it's all about relationship and not about necessarily the law and not about mm-hmm. keeping the Sabbath down to the last, uh, whatever it's the people in power who mm-hmm. rose up to the system, who challenged Jesus, and who's, you know, it's the clergy of the day. Right. It's, it's the Pharisees, it's the teachers of the yeah. law. You know, it is interesting that um, Jesus still went to the temple. Yeah. And he still got very angry yeah. when people were polluting the temple. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, it's renovating while he was there. And I, I, I think what he was trying to help people see is that it's the relationships it's not one or the other. It's not like it's your relationship with God that that sense of holiness and and awe. Yeah. And you are selling. You're selling in the, you know, in the narthex, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just not, you know, you're disrupting the the mood here. Yeah, <laughs> forgetting what uh, it's supposed to be. And yeah, that that this needs to be an environment where people can feel like. I can somehow touch God. You yeah. know, God can touch me. Yeah. But those relationships in those synagogues that Jesus went and was always picking up the mm-hmm. the scroll, you know, uh, and creating those relationships with uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, you yeah. know, and that you see him driving into those relationships rather than just categorizing everybody. That's right, yeah. It's mm. good. To mm-hmm. me, that's that's going to be the important thing for the church in the future is to not simply lose or throw away that that sense of God and who yeah. God is, but to uh, elevate, if you will, these relationships um, yeah. above the kind of categories. Yeah. Well, so. As far as your role uh, here at Northside Church as executive director, um, how do you feel like you've... Uh, how do you feel like you've you've 
invested in those relationships? What, what kind of what kind of work have you done so far? Or what? Let me say that this way: What aspect of your job, your your job here at Northside, has been relational? Like, how have you brought that kind of thinking into what you do here? Um, I started to say, well, I got James to turn his credit card on time. But... <laughs> That's good stuff for it. Yes, it is. It's made the relationship between me and Belsa much stronger. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, last part of what a relationship is. That's yeah, right. Is you know, the, the very first Sunday I was here, I was chasing Nick around, and he said, hey, the first thing we have to do today is go make the coffee. I'm like, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, uh, you know, our folks who, use, you know, the guy who usually does that isn't here today. Yeah. And uh, so I went with him to make the coffee. You yeah. Know? It's like, oh, we're making these pots of coffee and we're putting out pots of coffee. And I thought, okay, well, that was a good Sunday. And then the person who had done that for a while let us know that they weren't coming back. You know? <laughs> I need Sunday off, you know? And so that started a trick of the next, you know, 10 Sundays where I made the coffee. Made the coffee, right? <laughs> and, you know, gave me an opportunity to interact with people and just, you know, and I was thinking as I was doing that, now we have a this beautiful person, Claudia, who's mm -hmm. taken over that role and she's going to make the coffee and put out the donuts. And, but I thought, uh, you know, when I, I was reminded when Jesus goes to the house of the Pharisee and nobody's mm -hmm. going to wash his feet, you know, yeah. it's like, you're not, you know, you didn't bring the basin out and let me wash my own feet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I equated that with how do you, the relationships begin by serving in some way, yeah. by reaching mm, out, by good. creating yeah. space for people yeah. where they feel like, oh, you thought of me before I got here. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, so one of the things I would, you know, I feel like is important is, uh, you know, we just do it sometimes and it's like, wow, that's, let me quit. Let me figure out how to quit doing this. Right. Trying to get out of the, rather the than trying to find the meaning behind. That's good. What that's really good. So. You know, that's gotta be, that is a vision of a symbol of a shadow of uh, prevenient grace, right? That uh, yeah. the work that you're doing by making coffee before anybody gets here, uh, does, it seems like it's menial. It seems like it's probably frustrating or it seems like I got better things to do and more important things to do. But that idea that you are, and coffee is a is a deep deep grace <laughs> on on Sunday morning or any morning for that matter. Yeah. Uh, but you are you are providing for people before they even show up. I mean, you're thinking of people before they mm -hmm. show up, and there is there is a grace in there. There's some kind of work, spiritual work in that. It's the work of hospitality. It's right? hospitality, yeah. right? Yeah. We, okay. One, and that's something that we not not necessarily us here at Northside, but we as just a human race have have left behind as the hospitality. Oh, our first like our first thought is to like what's different between us? How can we how can we right. argue about it, right? right? Or be cynical about meeting new people or going into new situations? People bring that kind of spirit into church with them when right. they come. If they're greeted with hospitality, though, I bet that there's, I would bet, and I don't know, I haven't thought this through, but it's off the top of my head, I would bet that there is no better remedy for cynicism than hospitality. Oh yeah. I, like I, absolutely huh <laughs> would you like to say more no i mean it's it's like a um a, you know a heart softening thing right you know i mean that 
you know, you're you're caught up in yourself and you're caught up in whatever you're feeling, you're thinking about. This is what we do as humans. We get caught up in our in our own mind. And that's a way of like pulling someone out. You know, it's like, hey, mm. you know, I, I, th- I thought of you. And, you know, it's like this. I, th- I don't know for me, like it when right. I'm that grouchy person and I'm just caught up in my own head and, you know, someone's like, hey, you know, it, I. It's okay. Like I thought of mm-hmm. you, and even though you're grouchy and you're angry right now, mm-hmm. I made you coffee. You know, and it's just like it just like pulls you out of your brain, right. and it's like, oh wow, like there's a reason. Like someone sees something good here. Someone's willing to do good, and that just like just kind of breeds it, right? Like sure. you smile at someone, someone smiles at you, you want to smile back. You know, it's that kind of thing, and reminding each other, pulling each other out of that darkness. I think is great. yeah. I I guess um, you know you're gonna always serve somebody who isn't grateful or right. you know sure. that kind of thing yeah. just like jesus you know <laughs> picking up the towel and washing judas's feet right, right. you Absolutely. know it's like hey this is this is this is what what we do but but then you're going to run into someone um I, I can't remember who it was who said who equated um the you know fellowship to washing feet that people come in with the muck on them of their week. Yeah, yeah. They, they bring all of those concerns and their kids sick and they're, you know, all of that, their bosses, you know, mm-hmm. hard to get yeah, along with. Yeah. They're pressuring them and they bring all of that. And that it's the fellowship of the saints that washes yeah. them, yeah, the part good. of them that's been in touch with the world, Yeah, you know, their feet. That's a good. I like that. How do we how do we help wash each other yeah. from that kind of so that we go out clean again in in God's sight and before God and yeah, I like that. That's good. I'm sure I should give someone credit for that idea, <laughs> but I can't remember who. No, that that's beautiful, and it. Um, I think that connects directly to the book that you're holding that you brought to talk about this morning is the long obedience. Well, you, you were telling me about it before we started right. and this, this beautiful idea that, you know, that's our job as Christians, right. Is to stay connected and to stay in that space as much as we can, because, you know, we're, we have to be bigger than, you know, the mock of the world. We have to be stronger than that. God wants us to be stronger. God gives us, you know, God's spirit gives us the ability right. to be stronger than that. And if we can tap into that, then we can help pull people people out of that muck yeah yeah i I, um i brought this book called uh a long obedience in the same direction by it's eugene peterson Peterson, the message guy right who translated the message uh but he's he takes the this group of psalms that are early hebrew hymnal Mm -hmm. and he these are songs for the road you'll see them they'll they'll be called song of ascents Okay. It's a song of ascent, ascending up to Jerusalem. Right. These are the songs we sing along the way. And okay. I think it's a great metaphor for discipleship. Okay. You know, he talks about uh, in the, goes he goes through these Psalms and talks about what God is calling us to is this kind of long obedience in the same direction that we live in this kind of instant society, yeah. instant gratification. We want it and we want it now. And this is a, this is an old book. I mean, it's probably... Uh, I know it's over 20 years old, yeah, you yeah. know, um, but just the idea that we live in that, you know, I want what I want and I want it now. And just God calls us to this journey this of discipleship. Journey, you know. And um, that's, that's what I believe, you know, guides my life yeah. as a disciple is, 
not looking for an easy fix or a quick answer, but to look at those relationships. And, yeah. and frankly, I, if I go to Chick-fil-A, I believe there's probably <laughs> somebody there that's going to be a blessing to me if I'm just open to it. Yeah. yeah. So hospitality yeah. is, is a two way street. Like, how do I open up yeah. to someone else's hospitality and how do I offer that? That's good. So, yeah. We have talked, um, many times, uh, in this on this podcast and as well as in the classes um, that we've been a part of but about how uh being a disciple is is more about the journey than it is the destination or that the Mm -hmm. destination is itself the journey and the journey is the destination um and we say that and i say that and i've said that i don't know how many times i've said that and uh without really thinking about what that means in the sense of what you're talking about which is this kind of um this kind of patience Hmm. And uh, this long, I like the the uh, obedient long. Was it long, long obedience, obedience in the, the same direction? direction right. Yeah. Um, that that is the journey. I mean, that is what we're talking about. And so to 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 kind of take our gaze away from where we're headed, and to actually watch where we are and pay mm-hmm. attention to where we are, um, somehow transforms where we are to where we're headed. Mm-hmm. But it, that yeah. requires the obedience, the hospitality, the openness to other people that are on the journey with us. Uh, and that's a, that is something that, um, unless we stop and pay attention, mm-hmm. we can very much, very quickly lose, right? Yeah. We can very quickly lose because we get our sights on what is a good goal, where we're headed, our destination, whether that sure. is, a, you know, a stronger, more vital church, whether that's mm-hmm. the new Jerusalem, right? At, at the end of all creation, whatever the destination is in, in there, in our hearts, um, those are good, those are good goals to reach out to and destinations mm-hmm. to go to, but none of that is more important than where we are right now. Beautiful. Um, and I think that's, yeah, that is discipleship. I mean, that is exactly mm-hmm. what we should be teaching here at Northside and at Chick-fil-A and wherever else we come in contact <laughs> with other people, right? Amen. Amen. Do you have anybody have anything else that we'll talk about? Hey, you made me feel very comfortable. Good. I forgot there was a microphone. <laughs> right in it your face. It is very obtrusive, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else? Good. Thanks right. for so, thanks for letting me do this. Absolutely. Let me let me uh, let me frame our ending here. Well, Ken, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. It's a great conversation. I hope that uh, Northside and listeners of Dialogic Disciple Podcast have gotten to know you a little bit better. I'm sure that your door is always open or your phone is always on. Sure. If somebody wants to sure. call and talk to you or come see you, um, Elizabeth, you have anything else? I think I'm good. I'm I'm excited for where Northside is going. Absolutely. Beautiful. We are very, very excited and happy to have you here at Northside Church. Great to be here. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Nick, we don't miss you at all. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) Nah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.